Blog Talk Radio. Welcome 
Thank you for tuning in. This is Key Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join in that discussion. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it. We'll do our best to get your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, please call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone. Or do please, please do use your Bluetooth if you're driving about. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. You can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. Do you consider yourself a creative person? Are you artistic? Have you been told you're a perfectionist? Perhaps you're an overachiever? Do you procrastinate? Do you find yourself saying, you know, I really need to get this project done, or I'd like to start my own business, or perhaps write a novel, record a song, or something else? And then, rather than taking action toward your goal, do you take the Scarlett O'Hara approach and worry about it tomorrow, only to find out that tomorrow never comes, because instead of taking action toward your goal, you reorganize a closet, or you putz around the garage, or you spend way too much time researching something on the Internet with no goal in mind? If any of that sounds like you, fear not. My guest tonight is here to help you accomplish your goals by using effective tools for overcoming the procrastination and lack of focus that hobble them. Sam Bennett is the creator of the Organized Artist Company, dedicated to helping creative people get unstuck from whatever way they are stuck, especially by helping them focus and move forward on their goals. She's originally from Chicago. She's a writer, actor, teacher, and creativity productivity specialist who has counseled thousands of artists on their way to success. She is the author of the surprisingly popular book of poems, by the way, you look really great today, and the daily inspirational book, 365 Reasons to Write. Still a working actor, Sam started her career at the world-famous Second City Theater in Chicago alongside comics like Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert. She moved to Los Angeles in 1994, where she has worked with many of Los Angeles' premier theater companies, including the Open Fist Theater Company, L.A. Theater Works, and Comedy Sports. And she also has extensive television and film credits. And despite having no background in business, computers, internet sales, or programming, Sam is pleased to find herself in an Infusionsoft certified consultant position. She is one of a handful of experts certified by Infusionsoft, the leader in small business sales and marketing, and she was honored as an ultimate marketer finalist at InfusionCon 2010. And in addition to her multifaceted writing and performance work, she specializes in personal branding and career strategies, offering her revolutionary Get It Done, Get Your Work Out There, and Creative Genius CEO workshops, teleclasses, public speaking engagements, and private consulting to overwhelmed procrastinators, frustrated overachievers, and recovering perfectionists everywhere around the globe. You can learn a whole lot more about Sam at her website by visiting theorganizedartistcompany.org. So make sure you write that down, theorganizedartistcompany, all one word, .com, and you can check it out after the show. Good evening, Sam. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you being this evening? 
My pleasure, T. I'm very well, thank you. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I, I loved your book. I, you know, I had to laugh through it because you just shoot straight from the hip and let everybody know this is what you need to do. And there's no bones about it. So I love that part because, you know, it's humorous, it gets to the point, and it's motivating, which is a great mix because you want to know more and you don't get bored, so it's not academic. So it's a lot of fun to read your book. And you started out at Second City Theater in Chicago, and of course today you specialize in personal branding and career strategies and small business marketing, as I said in the, in the introduction. Can you tell us, how did that come full circle? Because it just doesn't seem to fit too well when you just look at it, you know, <laughs> dead on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's been an unusual trajectory for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I started as an actor. I've always been an actor. I was one of those little kids who, you know, was putting on shows as a as a child and uh, never really wanted to do very much of anything else. But in my life and career as an actor, it ended up like a lot of creative people where I had just like 47 billion part-time jobs and projects and gigs and um and trying to juggle all of that, you know, so my schedule was really erratic and my income was really erratic. And I just got really interested in the question, you know, how do you manage a life like that? How do you decide between the 137 great ideas that you have? You know, when you can do anything. I mean, you could do anything to promote this radio show. You know, there's there's no limit. You could host a regatta. You could hire a skywriting service, you could stand on a corner with a sign, you could hire friends, you could do Facebook ads, you could do Twitter, you could do anything. So when you can do anything, how do you decide Mm -hmm. what to do? And especially when, you know, there's no quarterly review on how your novel's going. (laughs) No. (laughs) There's no corner office if you get your one-person show done, right? So... um, And I I was always, I've I've always been good at systems and sort of um, thinking about thinking. So I just started to create a bunch of worksheets and exercises and uh, strategies so that creative people could take a look at what was going on and figure out what the best way for them to move forward on the projects that mattered most to them was. Did you do that because you were doing it for yourself, so it seems like you kind of were coming up with the plan anyway? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I noticed that I was kind of good at it. You know, like it wasn't hard for me to get stuff done. I was always producing shows and, you know, thinking of a project and getting it done. And um, and, and I noticed that a lot of but that it wasn't as easy for a lot of my friends. And I realized this was the important part. It's not that I've got some incredible system and everybody should do things my way. What I do have is an incredible system for you to figure out what your incredible system is. Because for every creative person, it's going to be different. Some people love to work at four in the morning with the music blaring. Other people need, you know, total silence. <laughs> other right. people, you know, like to, are real extroverts and they need to be with other people. They need accountability. They need to be able to turn to somebody next to them and go, hey, look what I did. You know, others of us are more introverted, and, and, and we do fine, you know, days and days, all by myself at my desk. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, so you got it. So it, it really started to just be about helping individ- helping people figure out what their way is to get their project done, because, you know, nobody's ever done it their way before. 
And it's really great because it's for everyone. It's not just for people who are creative and want to become organized. It's for people who are organized and want to become creative. That was key. Yeah. Yeah, and I truly believe that everyone is a creative genius. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody is artistic in the same way that not everybody is musical. But right. everyone has a particular way of, of looking at the world, a way of expressing themselves, a way of problem solving. I think it was Seth Godin who said, you know, if you've ever solved a problem differently than anybody else has ever solved that problem, congratulations, you're a creative genius. Uh, <laughs> So it's really about helping you get your unique voice out into the world in whatever way that is. And maybe it's just cleaning out the spare room, you know? Mm-hmm. And things like that do end up, actually, when you clean out a spare room or something like that, you're kind of cleaning the clutter in your head while you're at it. and It releases so much from you, you're bound to come up with things, and the creative juices just start to flow, at least for me. But then again, you know, that might be just me feeling like when you – shifts things around it shifts everything internally as well i have heard this story a thousand times from clients that the minute they start to get rid of the old crap in their house and office mm-hmm. the minute they it is because it is stuck energy it is like if you think of them those piles and those old clothes and those things that don't fit and those things that belong to somebody else and then they gave them to you and now you've got it and you know it's like an eddy on a river. You know, it's like this trapped energy. And every time you look at those piles, you go, ugh. Mm-hmm. Right? And I have, this, I have this theory. I have this secret theory that three uhs and your day is ruined. You know, like you get up in the morning and you look at your closet and you're like, ugh. You know, and you look at your desk and there's all that paper and you go, ugh. And then you look at your car and it's all cluttered and dirty and you go, uh, and you know it's not even eight thirty in the morning, and like, <laughs> you know, you're just your energy is completely drained, and you just feel you know none of it's that big of a deal, but it kind of adds up to to really feeling depleted and like oh I'm not really on my game. On the other hand, you know you go to your closet and there it is filled with clothes that fit you and that you love, and there's space. And you go ah, you know you go to your desk and it's clear. You can work. You go. Ah, you know, you go to your car, it's well-maintained. Ah, a couple of ahs, you're like, you know, dancing on clouds. <laughs> That's true. And you actually address this in your book as well when you talk about, you know, do I use it, do I love it? And, and this was, I mean, I laughed hysterically because I do this. Do I use it, do I love it? If I love it, then I'll keep it. And maybe I'll give myself a time frame. Like, I love it, but how, long, how much longer am I going to love this? Well, I'll keep it for a little bit, and then the next time I might throw it out. But if you don't and you don't use it, out it goes, end of story. And I thought, that's exactly right. When my husband and I were moving, there was a box, this one box. And I said to him, what's in that box? He goes, I don't know. I said, when was the last time you opened it? He said, I don't know, a year ago. I said, throw it out. He goes, what if there's something in it important? I said, you haven't opened it in a year. Throw it out. He said, what if there's like money in it? I said, then, then you're stupid. So just throw it out. And somebody else deserves it because that's just stupid. You know, I mean, throw it out. I don't keep stuff. I'm not a hoarder. I just throw things out. If I'm not using it, I throw it out. So I love that because you are too. You just like get rid of it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And I realize, you know, some things are sentimental and some things, you know, I um, I had some things of my of my grandmother's that I was not using. They were not appropriate to my life. It didn't, you know. There was, you know, beautiful fine china, but like what? I'm suddenly going to start giving a sit-down dinner for 30? You know, <laughs> that's not my life. 
And, you know, I just didn't have a call for this china. And it took me a while because, you know, it was beautiful stuff. It's expensive stuff. It was hers, you know. And finally, here's the, the thing that worked for me is I imagined her next to me. And I imagined her saying, oh, Samantha, please. Get rid of it. You don't have space for this. This isn't right. It's lovely china. Give it to somebody who's going to use it, you know. Sell it. Right. Get 50 bucks. Whatever, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, because my, you know, it doesn't honor my grandmother to keep a bunch of crap that I'm not using. That's right. It what honors not. my grandmother it, is me leading a life that's, mm-hmm. you know, full and rich and, and appropriate to what's actually right. going and by on. The same, and by the same token, when you get something and someone says, oh, you can't use it, Really? Well, why do I have it then? If I'm not going to yeah. use it and allow it to get broken through love because, you know, you're not just going to smash something. So I, I don't do that either. I'm like, look, we got it. We're using it. Or eBay. <laughs> you know? That's right. Somebody else, you know, someone's trash is another person's treasure. And it's not that it's trash. It's just that if you're not going to use it, it may as well go to a good home, a good loving home, you know. Uh-huh. And I'm a big fan of using the good stuff. I've, 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 speaking of my grandmother, I've used her wedding silver every day. That's my mm-hmm. everyday flatware. Is this beautiful? Oh, good for you. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This beautiful silver. I mean, it's 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 you know, yeah. Some of it's gotten dinged from from love, from use, but you know, again, what it's going to do somebody any anybody any good sitting in a drawer? And I love you know, <laughs> eating tuna salad with my <laughs> or cereal <laughs> or cereal. You know, why not? Oatmeal with a silver spoon. You know, but then, people in royalty just, do. So why not you? <laughs> exactly. And you know, oh, I'm saving it for good. Really? What's going to be better than today? You're right. What's going to be because better than right it, now? Right. You save it for good. Good never comes. You drop dead. Oh, good's over. You know, go, bye-bye. So, yeah, you might as well use it. You know, one of the big things that you mention in the book is the uh, where will you find the time. And I think, you know, people, they spend so much time. I loved the way that you went through. This is how you have 168 hours in a week, and then you said, no, you only have 168 hours in a week. And when you start breaking it down, it, you know, people will see if you keep a diary. And as I'm reading, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I did this once to see how much time I wasted. And then you get into that and say, keep a diary. And you thought, oh, my God, this is too funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, by the time you, you know, work, hang out with your, you know, partners, talk to some friends, go to Starbucks, look for parking in the grocery, you know, in the Trader Joe's, like, there's not that much time left in the day. People give themselves a really hard time, like, I should be going to the gym every day. It's like, really? Because that's like a good hour and a quarter, even if you live really near the gym. That's a lot of time. And I'm not saying it's not worth it. It is. But you have, you can't just expect that hour and a quarter to magically appear. You're going to have to trade something out. Something's going to have to go. And luckily, you're probably spending an hour and a quarter on Facebook or you're spending mm-hmm. an hour and a quarter watching some television show that you've maybe already seen before, you know, or that you could wait and watch as a prize, you know, like, like okay, I'm going to go work out, and then when I come back, I can watch. Um, yep. But, uh, but, yeah, you really you need to be aware of where the time goes. It makes, you know, <laughs> say, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time. And there's a little bit of, like, busy poker going on in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so stressed out. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Like, okay, we get it. We're all busy. You know, kitten, it's okay. Um, you don't get extra points for being busy and stressed out. <laughs> and in fact, everybody's got the same amount of time in a day. 
And I notice that some people are really using their time effectively and are not busy and stressed out. You know, you can think of, I encourage people to think of, be busy like a trapeze artist is busy. Be busy like a stunt woman is busy. Be busy like a neurosurgeon. Yeah, just moving from one task to the other. Cleanly, you're concentrating, fluid, you know, just without this story that you're so tired and stressed out all the time. You know, you got stuff to do? Fine. Do your stuff. But drop this story of, like, you know, how hard it is all the time. Um, And you will find a lot more energy, and you'll find, I think, the day goes a lot better if you, and here's my invitation to everybody. So this is the book, right? The book is Get It Done from Procrastination to Creative Genius in 15 Minutes a Day. Mm -hmm. So I invite all of you to, because you know how it is, you've got those projects that really matter to you, the ones that are really close to your heart, and... Somehow, every day, you get everything done for everybody else. And you don't move forward on the projects that matter most to you or the ones that you know would make a big difference in your business or the thing you know would make a big difference in your health or in your house or in your relationship so, or in your spiritual life. So mm-hmm. my invitation to all of you, and you can make this commitment right now, is that you will spend 15 minutes every single day before you check your email, mm-hmm. before you check your email, before you check <laughs> your email, you will spend 15 minutes a day on the projects that are closest to your heart. You will be shocked at how much work you can get done in 15 minutes, and you will be thrilled by the progress that 15 minutes every day for a week, a month, a year, six years, you know, how that adds up. It's really beautiful. And you'll be amazed at how that will expand because you'll see those results and you'll say, you know what, I don't really need to check my email as frequently as I do so I can spend more time on the things I love. I actually have clients that I tell them, you know, can you find just three to five minutes a day to meditate? And they'll say, I don't have time to meditate. I'll say, you don't have time not to meditate. This is a good way to start your day. It puts the tone for the day. And then I'll ask them, what are you busy doing? Because they'll say, I'm so busy. I say, doing what? And what are you doing, really? What's keeping you busy 24-7? I would like to know. Inquiring minds want to know. And they say, well, you know, we've got the kids and this and that. And then I'll ask them, do you talk on the phone or do you check Facebook? Yes. How long do you spend on that? Just a couple of minutes. For the next week before you come back, I want you to write down when you get on Facebook, when you get off, when you get on the phone, when you get off. They'll come in. They'll be amazed at how many hours, I mean hours, they spend on that. And I'll say, can you just cut one of them short by five minutes? Just five minutes. It's not a lot. It's crazy. I'm a big fan of of talking on the phone and television and Facebook. I love Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But you've got to prioritize, and you cannot let those things make your decisions for you. You need to be in charge of your time. Yeah, it's the most precious gift we have. It is. And, you know, these projects that are on your heart, you know, the, the book you've been thinking about writing, the, the poetry, the, the sketching, the jewelry design, the Armenian clog dancing, I don't know, whatever it is you're into. <laughs> um, those little ideas, you know, that's, that's, first of all, that's your engraved invitation from God. Like, that's as much as anybody gets, is just right. that little idea. And the fact that you had this idea, and it's still hanging around. Like mm-hmm. You've had a million ideas that have sort of come and gone, but there's one or two that are still kind of tugging on your sleeve, and you feel bad about not doing it. 
Right. These two things, this is great news because it really speaks to the strength of your desire. So you really want to do these things. And I don't care that you don't think it's practical or you're worried what people will think or, you know, you're afraid of failure, afraid of success or afraid of, I don't know, whatever you're afraid of. We're all afraid of stuff like that. Um, You know, that little idea is as much as any person ever gets. It's just that little, huh, you know, Mm -hmm. and... You know, if you're looking for a sign, that's it. That's the sign. The fact that you have the idea, that's right. the sign. <laughs> that's the whole thing. And um, and we're not here forever. We don't have an unlimited amount of time in which to do our work. Only you can do that project in that way, in your way. And if you let your time get sucked away by petty things, things that don't matter, other people's agendas, you know, trying to run around and make everybody else happy all the time, you're depriving us of the thing that you maybe were even put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. That's a really neat way to put it. And one of the things you, you state in your book, and I love this too, was that when you get when you get these ideas, and it is just an idea, you're not going to get the complete set of instructions in a PDF file downloaded. You know, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so you get the idea. You kind of have to be aware and have that knowing. And it happened to me the other day. I was with some people, and I was explaining something, and all of a sudden an idea popped into my head. And I was like, note to self, keep this, because this is definitely something you need to do. And I did, and I've already started working on it. But people have self-doubt. And as you said in your book, self-doubt is a killer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the twin the twin the twin evils of self doubt and perfectionism will, will suck the joy out of almost anything. And um that's so good that you had that realization and it's one of the things I do talk about in the book too, is having an idea catcher. Because yep. you are having a lot of good ideas and particularly those of you who are writers out there, you're writing all the time. You're just not writing it down. <laughs> so find a way to start writing it down. I mean, I and find a way to, you know, to capture those ideas um that feels really good to you. I mean, I love index cards. I find them cheap and cheerful, you know, easy to use, easy to carry. Um whole pieces of paper like intimidate me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, you know, I, but you know, use again, use what works for you. Some people love to carry those journals, those mole schemes or, you know, a nice journal or just a crappy little, you know, spiral-bound thing. Um, mm-hmm. Some people, you know, call and use the voice memo app. They'll call and leave themselves a message, um, send themselves an email, whatever whatever works for you. And then you want to have some place to put those ideas so that if you're not moving forward on them right now, you have you have they have a home. Everything needs a home. Right. It's my big organizational tip. Everything needs a home, and the right <laughs> sized home. So for me, I've got a big Manila envelope here by my desk labeled Genius. And anytime I have an idea no, I like that I think, that. yeah, anytime I, like I have an that. idea, then, yeah, I just throw it in there, and they they nest in there. And then if I need an idea or I'm feeling stuck, I'll go through and, um, you know, get inspired. Let's see what happens. Yeah, because sometimes happens. the idea the idea isn't meant to be for now. I use post-it notes, and then mm-hmm. I stick them on a paper and then I at the end of the week I look and go okay what am I going to work on because is there anything here that's of value right now this week at this moment in time no there isn't okay so I'll put it in a file that's not marked genius but it will be after the show (laughs) (laughs) 
I like that. I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're having great ideas all the time, and it's it's important to capture those and, and write them down and, and have a have a home for them. Um, and and it's important to make yeah and to make really conscious decisions. That's great that you you know take a look and then evaluate at the end of every week because you know one of the keys to a successful life is selective neglect. Mm. Like being able to go, okay, I see you over there, Instagram, you know, I'll get to you later, <laughs> you know, or, okay, yes, I would love to, you know, play soccer in the park this summer, but you know what, it's just, there's just not, I don't just don't have the bandwidth for it, or I'd love to, you know, to be able to make a really conscious no sometimes is, can be really important. No is very important because sometimes we get overwhelmed with people who are asking us to do things, and that's what's eating up our time and killing us when we overbook ourselves. So no is a good word. No is a great word, and delete is my favorite key on a keyboard or on a phone. Mm. You know, love that. You know, it's like, oh, it went away. Oh, bye. Okay, can't do that. Oh, well, that's all right. It wasn't necessary, so it works for me, you know. We are yeah. speaking with Sam Bennett, author of Get It Done, From Procrastination to Creative Genius in 15 Minutes a Day. You can learn more by visiting our website, www.theorganizedartistcompany.com. So go ahead and write that down now so you can check it out after the show. And don't procrastinate. This will help you a lot with with procrastination, theorganizedartistcompany.com. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, many of which we have discussed on this show, including The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, The Courage to be Free by Guy Finley, A Message of Hope from the Angels by Lorna Byrne, and of course, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who's been here, I don't know, innumerable times. I just love him. All you have to do is put his name in, and you'll see tons of his books come up on audible.com. There are so many books available from so many different authors. The best part is you can listen to the audiobooks on any device, including the one that you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash energyawareness, you get one free audiobook along with a one-month trial of the service. So write that down, www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness to find books of interest to you. you know, we appreciate all of our listeners, and we're so grateful for your support. So remember, the site is www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. So, Sam, one of the things that you talk about in your book is the fear of moving forward with an idea. Sometimes we get an idea, and then... We must have, if we get that idea, the know-how and the means to bring it to fruition somewhere within us. We need the faith and the knowing that we're capable of doing it, but sometimes nobody follows, people don't follow through with it. Is it a lack of faith or is it a fear of the unknown that you think holds people back? It's, I think it's both of those things and, and a whole, whole bouquet of other things. I think there's something about school that tells us that we're somehow supposed to have the answers in advance. You know, that's how you do well in school is you, you know what the questions are going to be and you know how to answer them. That's kind of what school teaches us. Um, but that's not how creative projects go. And it's not really how life goes. For creative, you know, so this, and I hear this all the time where people go, well, I want to do this thing, but I don't know how. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be a writer, but I don't have any formal training. I don't, I don't know how. I don't, you know, I want to do this thing, but I'm old. You know, I don't know how. <laughs> I think, First of all, change that but to an and, right? I want to do this thing, mm-hmm. and I don't know how. I want to do. I want to write this book, 
and I don't have any formal training. I want to be a lounge singer, and I'm super old. Like, that's great. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's really exciting. <laughs> let that be a bridge. And let that, that how, that I don't know how, that's your invitation. Of course you don't know how. How could you possibly know how? You haven't <laughs> done it before. You know? So get, let that thought not shut you down, but light you up. Like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how to do that. How would a person do that? Somebody must have done that. Maybe I could find somebody who's done it before. Maybe I could look into it, or maybe I could just try it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, I'll, I swear one of the reasons my business has been so successful is because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had no idea that, that it was impossible, you know? So I'm like, all right, well, let's just try this. But, you know, nobody ever told me I couldn't, so, you know. It wasn't until much later that everybody went, wait, how did you do this? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just I started sending out poems. They're like, really? You build a six-figure business on poems? I'm like, kind mm-hmm. of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's or when no. you know you're in the flow and you're doing what you're meant to do, you know? <laughs> well, exactly. And when you, and I'll tell you, for you entrepreneurs out there, and, and, and certainly the creative artists are entrepreneurs, when you are putting out a clear, consistent, authentic message about the truth, of who you are and what you do, you become like the whistle only dogs can hear. Like the people who dig you will find you and they'll be so happy. You know, and the people who, and better yet, the people who do not dig you will not find you, which is great news because there's nothing worse than a bad client. Yeah. Nothing, that's so nothing true. more expensive. <laughs> Nothing's more expensive. You know, so you, you know, that whole like, oh, you know, what if people think I'm this? What if people think I'm that? Yeah. Well, they probably will think that because you probably are that way. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's my experience. Generally, when people have anxiety about that, like, oh, what if people think I'm bossy? Well, honey, you are kind of bossy. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's good. We're looking, you know, sometimes we're really looking for bossy. So yeah, use your powers it. for good, right? Use your powers for good. And this, <laughs> this is the other thing that cracks me up, because I hear this all the time, too, is that, like, well, I would do this thing, but, you know, like, what if somebody, you know, reads it and says, you know, what if somebody says that, you know, it's boring? Okay. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, wait. So sometime in some mysterious future, there is some imaginary person who is having an imaginary reaction to a, a project you haven't done, haven't even started yet. That's and you're correct. Gonna let that stop you? And, yeah, and they do. That's the funny part. And they do. They do. We all do. And, you know, so to realize, okay, first of all, you're like eight steps down some crazy imaginary road, and this is not you using your imaginative powers for good, right? So use your imaginative right. powers for good. Say, well, you know what, some, you know, that you'll have those thoughts. What if somebody doesn't like it? Well, that's probably going to happen, but it's not happening until you actually do it. So let's worry about that later. And I do actually have a way to handle those compliments and criticisms. Well, and one in, in, in your book, you also mentioned that it's awful when everyone thinks you're wonderful as well. That's sometimes, that's what, sometimes that's what keeps us stuck, right? What if I do this thing and it's super great and then everybody expects me to be great all the time? Like, how do I handle that? You know, or what if I get really famous and I lose my privacy? You know, what if... What if I get really successful and then an accountant steals all my money and then I have to go back to that waitressing job I had in college? I mean, <laughs> the, the the fantasies are, are endless. Um, 
but here's so here's my here's my little strategy for handling because it's true. Sometimes the compliments can be worse even to handle than the criticisms because the criticisms mm-hmm. we almost expect or you know we've said them to ourselves already. Um, but the compliments can really feel like a lot of pressure, or they feel we feel self conscious accepting the compliments because you know our brains we're, we're slightly negatively programmed. You know we're, we're one of the things our brains are really great at is finding patterns and finding exceptions to patterns. So mm-hmm. somebody says, you know, oh, my gosh, gee, you're so sweet. And you think, not this morning I wasn't. <laughs> right? So it feels weird to you to say, yes, I'm sweet, when, in fact, sure, the majority of the time you probably are. Yes, maybe this morning you were having a bit of a poor spell. That happens. So, mm-hmm. um, so to be able to manage this, and here, everybody do this with me. This will be a little exercise. We'll do it together. Okay. Think of something that if somebody said it to you about your work, you would be mortified. Like you would, it would make you want to stop. Like it would just super duper hurt your feelings. Like if somebody okay. said, "Oh, you know, your work is so um, tedious. Your work is so tedious," I would be like, "Ow, <laughs> that hurts." Mm-hmm. Okay. So write down one, and you never have to show it to anybody. Just one word that if somebody said it, you would your feelings would be really hurt. And another one that if they said it, you might be really pleased, but you would feel embarrassed. Like it's too big of a compliment. Okay. You know, somebody said, you know, oh, your work is so um, inspirational. You know, you just inspire me so much. Okay. So everybody do that. And if you're not someplace where you can write, just think of one in your head. And Mm -hmm. now here's my magic system. This works every time and for everything. We're going to add the word sometimes. Ah. (laughs) So my work is so tedious. Sometimes. My work is so tedious sometimes. And whatever yours is, just say it out loud and see if you can't just hang out with that idea. You don't have to love it, you know, but just go, okay, my work is so tedious sometimes. Well, yeah, that's true. Sometimes my work is tedious. Sometimes even I find my work tedious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that happens, you know. Um, and same thing with a compliment. You know, your work is so inspirational. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. Those are good days, you know. And it really, you feel the calm that comes with it. You feel the and it's a that great, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's a great way to change the negative to the positive because you do, if someone says something about your work, you do take it as a, oh, my God, of course, a personal affront, and it can knock you down. Some people can be knocked off their feet. Of course, of course. And don't, and let mm-hmm. me just say this, too. Don't expect that you're not going to have that reaction. I mean, I don't care how spiritually evolved you are. If somebody says something mean about you or your work, your feelings yeah. are going to get hurt. You know, they're going to. So fine, let yourself have that reaction. You know, whine, cry, beat the mattress with a wiffle bat, call a friend, have a glass of wine, you know, whatever it is you need to do to sort of, just discharge the the ego blow. You know, you're just getting rid of that. How could they say that about me? You know, that's fine. And then you come back, and, and now you're ready to sort of approach it from a more spiritually evolved thing. And then you look at what they've said. You know, your work is so stupid. My work is so stupid sometimes. Well, I guess it is. You know, I didn't mean for it to be stupid this time. That wasn't what I was intending. I'm sorry that you feel that way, but yeah, okay. Sure. My work is so stupid yeah. sometimes. And you know what? Your work is stupid sometimes too. 
Right. <laughs> you know, like it just takes all this pressure off and and allows us to be freer and more accepting. I mean, Byron Katie says, right, the first act of war is defense. Mm-hmm. You're so this way. No, I'm not. Now we have war. Right. I had a, had a client right. the other day. She reported to me that she was having a little Mr. and Mrs. with her husband. And her husband said, oh, you know, Denise, you are so sensitive. And she said, sometimes. <laughs> you taught well. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, boom, <laughs> argument over, right? She's like, it's true. You're absolutely correct. And my sensitivity is one of the things you love most about me. Right mm-hmm. now, it's also yeah. the thing that's driving you crazy about me. Welcome to me. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, don't let those that fear of what other people say or with the things that other people actually have said. I mean, this is the other thing that's heartbreaking is, you know, well, I would do this, but my third-grade art teacher told me I wasn't any good. Yeah. You know, my college acting teacher told me I, you know, had no comic timing. My mother wasn't encouraging. My boyfriend said I'm too fat. My, what, what is this, giving all this power to everybody else? Except ourselves. Except ourselves. When you're the one with the agency, yeah. you're the one with the power. Right, right. And there was a, a movie, I cannot remember the name of it, and I should because I've mentioned it on this show before. It was about the little kid that was, he grew in the garden, and the people wanted a baby, and I think Jennifer Garner was in it, and I can't remember who her husband was. Oh, Timothy Green, something, right? The, yeah, odd, the odd Life of yeah. Timothy Green. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's the movie. And I loved this line. You, and I only saw it in the trailer. And when I saw the movie, I, I loved it even more. He had kicked the ball, and I think he got a goal for the other team because he kicked it in the wrong net. That was something I would probably do. And mm-hmm. the coach looked at him, and he said, I can only get better. And I thought, oh, I like that. I can only get better. I like I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a step up from I'm a work in progress, you know, which I use a lot. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Everybody's doing the best they can. This is what I know to be true. Everyone is doing the best they can. Sometimes the best they can do is kind of crappy, but it's still the best they can do. Yeah, because you don't know what's going on in their world. You know, you've got to cut slack a little bit. Now, one of your tips to complete goals is to actually rename your project. And I love this because, to me, it's similar to looking at something from a different perspective, you know, and just saying instead of looking at the negative side, let's look at it from the other side and see the positive in it. And I try to do that with clients a lot. So is that fair to say that that's what you're doing, renaming your project so it gives you a positive spin and you, and you want to complete it? Yeah, yeah, Some, because sometimes it seems to me that people don't move forward on their projects because they've given it a name that just sounds horrible. It just sounds like some punishment or homework, you know, like, oh, I've got to revise my manuscript. Ugh. You know, it's one of those ugh moments, you know. Oh, I've got to, you know, clear out the dining room. Ugh. You know, this. it just sounds like something you're going to get kept after school for. You know, oh, I've got to mark. I got to prove the marketing of my business. Oh, that sounds awful. You know, so give it a name you like. Give it a, you know, what is it really? You know, I'm not revising my manuscript. I'm, I'm polishing the diamond of my words. You know, I'm not marketing my business. I'm sending out a thousand email kisses through the internet. You know, I'm inviting people to the party of my business. I'm passing around the brownies of my business. You know, I'm. Uh, you know, call it anything you want. Come up with some funky, crazy name that makes you smile, that makes you happy, that just cracks you up. I had one client who named her project 
Embracing the Mango. Oh, em- that's right? a good name. Embracing yeah. the Mango. And not, her project didn't have anything to do with mangoes, but that just made her feel, you know, it was just kind of fun and sexy and succulent, and it made her feel sort of, you know, it just kind of made her smile when she thought of it. I'm like, yes, call it that. Give it a new name every day if you want. I mean, it's sort of the same logic as um, the same game as telling a toddler that a trip to the grocery store is a treasure hunt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it works with big kids, too. It yeah. works with big kids, too. Engaging it is true. Again, use, your, use your imagination for, for good. Use it for fun. Use it, you know, not everything has to be work. I find one thing if I if I have a deadline for an article that I haven't even started yet, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. okay, I got to do that. Well, I work better under pressure. That's what I first tell myself. I work better under pressure, and then I can accomplish it. But I also walk into the room thinking, work better under pressure, and I'm just tweaking it now because if you're tweaking it, it means it's almost ready to go. So it's like, okay, okay just kick kick in brain and just get going. And then, sure enough, you know, it works. So I like tweaking because to me that's like the final thing. The drafts are done, and you're just tweaking it. It's just fine tuning it. So, yeah, so I use that a lot. You, uh, you actually, your, your definition of procrastination to me, you nailed it. Getting ready to get ready. If that isn't procrastination, I don't know what is. But people do that. They're getting ready to get ready. What well, does that even mean? <laughs> you, know? Sound, you know? And you can make it sound so logical. You know, like, well, I would... Um, you know, try to get new clients, but I really have to revise my website. If I'm going to revise my website, I really need to get a new picture taken. And if I'm going to get a new picture taken, I should really lose 20 pounds. If I'm going to lose 20 pounds, I should really start going to the gym. If I'm going to go to the gym, I should really use that coupon that I got in the mail the other day that I can't find, so I guess I can't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. You know, it's like, no, honey, just I, I get again. This is stuff I hear all the time. Like, well, but then I, you know, I don't know what the name of my business is. I don't know where I get clients. I don't know this. It's like again, of course you don't know. Of course you don't know. Just start. Just start. Mm-hmm. You want to write? Pick up a pen. You want to paint? Start painting. It's a verb. If you're doing right. it, you get to be it. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're dancing, you get to call yourself a dancer. You know, and. And the joy, the joy that you find in the work, I mean, we all know it's uh, the torture. You, you mentioned the book I wrote, um, 365 Reasons to Write. Yeah. And one of the reasons I wrote that is because I found that every single writer I knew, when you ask them, you know, what's the hardest part or what do you struggle with or what are your favorite tools and tips, every single one of them said, the worst thing is making myself sit down and do it. Mm-hmm. The worst, the hardest thing, the worst thing. Once you're in it, once you're actually writing, once you're actually dancing, once you're actually out for a walk, once you're actually playing with the kids, once you're actually cooking, you know, once you're actually engaged in the activity, it's usually a not that bad and often super fun. Right. It's just getting yourself to do it and giving yourself permission to do it and giving yourself permission to do it badly. Yes. This is one of my other slightly radical ideas. So hang in here with me, people. But seriously, get a C. Get a C. Quit trying to get an A plus in everything you do. C is the grade that you get for showing up and doing the work. Show up, do the work. Show up, do the work. 
not doing the work better than anybody else, not doing nothing fancy, not being teacher's pet, just show up, do the work. And I know all the little apple polishers out there are like hyperventilating. (laughs) And I get it. I, I too, I share this with you. But there's two things to remember. One is, first of all, your version of a C, probably everybody else's version of an A. That's true. That's so true. Probably everybody else's version of an A. And second of all, you know, if you... If you do it and then it needs to be made, it really does need to be made better, then you'll make it better. I mean, the first book of poems that, by the way, you look really great today, that book of poems I put out when I first put that out as a little PDF, you know, it was like even before ebooks, it was just a little PDF. Um, the table of contents was wrong. I had recorded an audio. There was this big hole in the middle of the audio where you could like hear me and my friend talking. I mean, it was like. <laughs> There were some serious errors. And once I figured out that there were these, you know, I did the best I could. I didn't realize these mistakes were there. And then once I realized the mistakes were there, somebody pointed out to me, I was like, oops. You know, and then I just sent out another version to everybody who'd bought it and said, you know, here you go, version 2.0, director's cut. You know, no one cares. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Do the best you can. You can only get better. You can, you can only get better. If it needs to be made more perfect, great. Then make it more perfect. But chances are your version of a C everybody else's version of an A. That's so very true. So very true. You know, one of the, um, one of the things in the book is uh, we talk about overwhelm. When people have a whole lot of projects, you know, 37 projects on a list, and they need, to, they need to do one, how do you suggest a person determine the order in which to tackle that list or choose the one they need to start first? Yeah, that's a really good question and a hard one to answer because it's so individualized. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. But the advice I would look at three. So, I'd, so just generally speaking, I would look at one of three areas. I would either look at, like I said, desire. What's the one that's closest to your heart? The one that really speaks to you. You know. And again, you might think it's too romantic or too dark and sexual or too weird or too unprofitable or too whatever. That's okay. Don't worry about it. You know. That one that's really matters most to you, I would say you could start there. Mm-hmm. You could also start um, looking at return on investment. Like what mm-hmm. of these projects will pay you back the most in whatever way you would like to be paid back? I mean, either it will bring you the most money or it will bring you more new clients or it will bring you spiritual satisfaction or it will bring you – Joy, you know, whatever it is you're you're looking for. Um, so to have, you know, and that's kind of a gut check thing of like, you know, because you can't really know, but to sort of gut check like, oh, wait, you know, will this, you know, I have on my list revise my website. If I put that right. time and energy in, what will I get back out of it? You know, chances are, unless your website is really terrible, chances <laughs> are not that much, you know. Right. Exactly. Chances are your time and energy could be, you know, you can get away with a C minus website. You know, your, my website is definitely a C, um, but it works fine. You know, it works. A. Thank you, thank you. It works fine. Um, you know, and putting the time and energy into it now, especially when I've got so many other things that are so much more interesting and so much more, you know, will give me such a higher rate of return on my time and energy. You know, 
So that's right. that's one thing to look at. Is, is so I look at what where is your desire? What's closest to your heart? What will bring you back the highest return on investment if you put in this time and energy? What will you get back out of it? Mm-hmm. And and then the third thing, sometimes it's it's it can be fun just to pick the one that's sort of easiest and closest to being done. You know, sort of like paying off your credit cards. You know, you pick off the one that pick the one that's closest to being paid off and just pay it off. And you get that satisfaction yeah. of like, ooh, look, I did it. That one's done. Um, so sometimes that can be a way to choose too. Of like, what's the one that just like, okay, if I just knock this out, then that'll feel great to me that I really just did it. Because you can cross it off your list and move on to something else, and you're down to yeah. you know one less thing. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Exactly. I cannot believe this. We're almost at the top of the hour, Sam. I, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, and I'm going to ask you to hold on until I get through the outro so I can talk to you in the green room afterward if you have a few moments. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and where they may purchase your book? Absolutely. Um, the book is available at your local independent bookseller at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's called Get It Done. From Procrastination to Creative Genius in 15 Minutes a Day. Um, you can uh, find more about me at my website, which is theorganizedartistcompany.com, all the way spelled out, because I'm a spell-it-all-it-for-you kind of a girl. Um, and the la- this is kind of fun, actually. Um, if you would like a copy of 365 Reasons to Write, mm-hmm. I will give you a free PDF of that. And all- here's what you do. This is kind of fun. You get out your smartphone. And you text to 96000. So it's like the phone number is 96000. And then the message you type is, get it done book. All one word. Get it done book. And you hit send, and it goes like ping, ping, and it takes you to this little web form, and you put in your name and email address. And the system will automatically send you the PDF of 365 Reasons to Write, um, which is super fun. and not, it's, So it's daily inspiration, and it's not just for writers. It's for everybody. Um, and then you'll be on my email list, and you'll get the poems and some other fun stuff, and you can write me back and tell me how your projects are going, and we'll be best friends. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's wonderful. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. Go ahead and get out your calendar and make note of it now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. And if you're not in the area or you cannot make a concert, you can simply go to my website and order the CD. It's called Imagine, and it's on the site as well. You pay through PayPal, and the CD will go out to you. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
With every city 